0: So, interesting times in the consumer goods sector at the moment. Uh, We're here today to talk about uh, trends we're seeing in the consumer goods deal market, but also I guess asking the key question about how the market is shaping itself in light of the current conditions we're seeing. Maybe first if we could just kick things off, maybe having a look at some of the trends that we saw in 2011, Neil. um, Both from, I guess, from a deal perspective, but what you saw as sort of the highlights in terms of those trends. Sure. I
1: mean, I think uh, deal volumes held up pretty well in 2011. Um, the big story in the UK was really the consolidation of the chilled food uh, sector. We've been talking about that, well the potential for that quite a long time. And I guess it really started to happen in earnest last year. So Northern Foods um, sold to Boparin, uh, Marlow Foods sold to uh, Exponent. They were two of the biggest, uh, uh, they are in the top ten deals in Europe last year. Uh, but other things happened too, Green Core um, bought the unique business mm-hmm. and uh, Hay Celestial from America. Uh, bought Daniels as well so plenty of activity overall that American uh, theme was actually quite important as well uh, and as three uh, of the top ten purchases in Europe last year all uh, Americans including people like Colgate and General Mills yeah in fact you know corporate purchasers were the order of the day really um, and uh, the, when we come on to talk about 2012 I think it's some interesting conclusions there yeah.
0: and I guess interesting to see how the private equity Um, population react to those deals this year and looking into next year, but I guess we'll come to that. Maybe just um, sort of, I guess, reflecting on where the consumer are at at the moment, Christine. Um, As we know, consumer goods, you know, they thrive off consumer confidence and how the retailers are responding to that. How do you see things at the moment?
2: yeah i think you know what the retailers have seen is is that the, there's more footfall through the stores that, that customers are being a bit more promiscuous they're, they're shopping around uh, for yeah. their goods, and they're expecting more discounts as well yeah. so you know a good measure of that is that, that that grocery spend increased 4.8% but food inflation increased by 4, 5.9% mm. so you've got you've got you know definite pressure on margin by the retailers and very much the ones who succeeded last year were the ones at the premium end of the market Mm. Um, and those at the value end of the market. And it was the yeah. malts in the middle that really got squeezed on margin. Yeah,
0: And I guess in terms of the overall retail environment, Shane, I mean, it's obviously tough, and they're you know, reacting to fight to keep their share of the wallet, but how are you maybe seeing it from the the supply base, and how the suppliers are then reacting to, to that environment?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the, um, the suppliers I would look at from a branded and a private label point of view. Yeah. I think the branded players, the key for them is to focus on innovation, to demonstrate that they can be category leaders, category captains, and to keep the consumers interested in a category. I think the other point on the branded side of things is the continued focus on cost both from an overhead point of view, a cost of goods sold point of view and also looking at their supply chains. Yeah. I think there's going to be some commodity cost softening uh, in the coming year and it'll be interesting to see, you know, who gets to keep the uh, keep keep that deflation uh, whether it'll be the retailers or the uh, or the suppliers. Yeah. I think from the private labour point of view it's going to be all about scale. I mean to needs mm-hmm. earlier point. Um, I think the guys who win in private label are the guys who've got the scale to both deal with suppliers, but also have the muscle to um, to work with the uh, with the retailers.
2: And that's an important point because I think the retailers are going to be pushing private label even more. Mm. Yeah, thirty six percent average in this country. I think could go up by another another ten percent in terms of penetration. They're treating it more like brand. They're getting more margin out of it that they'll be pushing the, the private label suppliers even more and trying to get their margins on a more equitable footing to the yeah. FMCG mm-hmm. margins.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I th- and that would have a deal effect too. I think some of the private label players that have historically been a bit less fashionable yeah. uh, will come into fashion a bit in a, yeah. in a deal context. And I think you'll see the, 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 the gap that we've historically seen widening between branded and own label players. We'll see that narrowing again, I think, in 2012. Mm.
0: So I guess that's going to be one trend for 2012. What what other things maybe do you see happening in 2012? Are there opportunities out there, you know, despite the tough conditions? Yeah, definitely. I mean,
1: I think certainly in the food space, we've talked about the consolidation of chilled, which we think will continue. Mm. Uh, but I think within the ambient space and frozen as well, we'll see opportunities. Um, I think the fact that uh, there are a number of corporate purchasers out there whose balance sheets are, you know, pretty well capitalised, um, I think that will mean that private equity, who's got investments in this space, you know, the likes of... Uh, Weetabix, uh, Findus, um, Bird's Eye, etc. I think it, it, the, they will think about uh, looking at 2012 as a window of opportunity to uh, find corporate purchases for some or all of their assets. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the same. The same is true in the mid-market uh, as well. Uh, and so I think you will just see consolidation in, in, you know, quite a significant uh, way across the food space uh, in 2012. I think the other trend is. Outside of the UK, emerging markets is, uh, is important, uh, particularly at the larger end in terms of the size of acquirer, uh, albeit that some of the transactions maybe aren't that, aren't, aren't, that, uh, aren't that large. Some of the key targets that we've seen, uh, ha- even in 2011, uh, have been in markets like Russia, which has become uh, the second biggest market um, in, in Europe for, for this, for this yeah. sector
2: it's interesting as we're seeing that though that consolidation in the producer sector there's equally you know consolidation in the retail sector yeah. which i think is is marrying that and you know there'll probably be a couple of big deals go through in the first half of, of 2012 in in retail in this mm. country as well and that total shape of retail i think will change with the advent of online yeah as that increases i think more suppliers will start to look at how they can cost efficiently get goods to the consumer faster without having to go through retail stores and and really rationalise that supply chain that they know is costing them money at the moment.
3: Yeah, and I think one of the areas that you could potentially see that happening is something like bread where you've got three big players who all distribute to all the supermarkets so I think looking at some consolidation of the supply chain element of their business would make sense. Mm-hmm. And I guess as
0: you know, it's making in that different environment how the suppliers make it work for them. Yes, mm. yeah. yeah,
2: indeed. Yeah. And the consumers are going to start to demand that because that's the only way you can get costs down even further. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys.